Grace, mercy, and peace to each one of you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Would you please bow your head with me? Gracious Father, may the words of my mouth cause the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts to be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. One of the wonderful things, at least it seems like a wonderful thing to me, that will happen when we finally get to heaven is that we will be able to get answers, at least I assume we will, uh, to the questions that we have about things that have happened here on earth. Some of those things might be personal questions, events that have happened in our lives. Lord, why did I have to grow up without my sight, someone might ask, or why did you take mom from us when when I was only two years old. But there are other questions that are just kind of mysteries that we wonder about. We don't, we don't know and God doesn't reveal the answers to us in the scriptures. The Bible's big enough as it is. Most people don't read very much of it as it is. And he has put in the scriptures the things we need to know in order to have eternal life, but he's not told us a lot about things about which we might be curious. We see through a glass dimly, he tells us, and that's true. One of the things that God has not revealed to us, except in sort of generalities, is the, is the role that angels play in ministering to God's people while we're on our way through this life, on our way to heaven. The Bible doesn't give us very much information about angels, and. And that's probably a good thing. There are already people out there who want to, who want to put their trust in angels. I read, a, read a, an interesting uh, set of facts about how you can know if your angel is talking to you. And one of them was if your ears are ringing, your angel's trying to tell you something. And I, I thought that had something to do with high blood pressure. Or, I don't know. Or <laughs> taking too many aspirin or something makes my ears ring. I, didn't, I don't know. But anyway... <clears throat> But God doesn't give us a lot of information, and like I say, he, he tells us about our Savior. He tells us what we need to know, not necessarily the things we'd like to know. We know, for example, the names of only three angels. Two of them are revealed to us in the scriptures. One is Gabriel. He was the angel that brought the message to Mary that she was going to bear our Savior. The other is Michael, and we see his name in both the Old Testament and in the New Testament in the book of Revelation. And of course, the, other, the name of the other angel was not revealed to us in Scripture, but it was revealed to us in the movie, It's a Wonderful Life. And his name was Clarence. So we have Michael, Gabriel, and Clarence. The, the... Anyway, no, it's, it's not actually true that an angel gets his wings every time a bell rings. So, so anyway, but... Today is the day in the church year in which we celebrate the service that God has his angels perform for us, for believers. Sounds hard to believe that they actually would perform a service for us. But this is what we celebrate on this day. It's called Michael and All Angels Day. And our lesson for this morning talks about angels. And our lesson is found for us in Matthew chapter 18, 
and verse 10. And this is actually a warning that God gives. Jesus is talking with his disciples, and he gives this warning to his disciples. He says this, Take heed that you did not despise one of these little ones. Isn't that interesting? He says, one, not even one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. Wow, that's a little bit of a mysterious passage, isn't it? But it's a warning. He's warning his disciples not to despise children. Now, is it only children? This is, there's a little bit more to this passage that we haven't read that occurs at the beginning of this sequence of verses where Jesus has taken a child, and it says a little child. It's a micro child, in fact, it says in the Greek. And he takes this child, a very small child, puts him in the midst of them, and he says to his, di says to his disciples, unless you turn and become like one of these, you'll not get to see heaven. And so, uh, he is saying that Christian believers need to have, we call it that childlike faith, right? That faith that trusts in God, that trusts in Jesus as his Savior with a humble trust. So we know that Jesus is not simply talking about little children, but he's talking also about those believers with that childlike faith. Sometimes we're guilty of that, I think, of despising. That is looking down upon of thinking that we're better than, or thinking other thoughts that they're unimportant, these children or these childlike believers. But he says that their angels have an audience with God at any time. Shoot, that's kind of scary, right? They, they, they may be there asking God right now, uh, let, me go, let me go do something to this person who just has has hurt this little child or despised this little child. We don't exactly know what all that warning entails, but that's certainly, certainly implied there, isn't it? I find this intriguing, that God thinks enough of these little ones that he gives this warning to watch how we treat them because they have a continual audience with God. Now, many, many Bible uh, scholars believe that this passage is the basis for what we call guardian angels. Now certainly the Bible teaches that we do have angels that watch over us. The question that the scholars argue about is this, well, is it a single angel that is assigned to us, maybe, for example, maybe when we come into this world, is it a single angel, or is it one angel today and a different one tomorrow and a different one the next day? And, and we don't necessarily know the answer to that one. Maybe they take shifts. Do they ever have to double-team us sometimes? One needs only think of some of the stories that Chappie details to wonder if maybe sometimes, you know, we need some double-teaming. I don't know. But anyway, uh, we don't know the answer to some of these questions. But what do, we knew, do, what do we know about angels then? Well, the Scripture tells us, first off, that they are created beings just like us. Well, they're not just like us, but they're created beings. And in that way, they're like us. They live in the spiritual realm, we live in this physical realm. Occasionally they, they appear in the physical realm, but generally they are invisible. And the Bible says God created all things, visible and invisible. So we know that they are created beings. We likewise know from what Scripture says that there are a great number of angels. John says in Revelations 
the book of Revelation that he heard the voice of many angels numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands. So they are of great number. We know also from what the Bible tells us that angels are very powerful. The Old Testament book of 2 Kings says that when the Assyrian army was encamped around Jerusalem, besieging Jerusalem, God sent an angel, and that angel destroyed 185,000 soldiers. They are very powerful. But though they are powerful, they are not to be worshipped. There are people who think we ought to worship. We ought to pray to angels. No, God sends the angels. We pray to God, and then in answer, he may send an angel. But angel worship was one of the false teachings that Paul wrote to the Colossians about in the book of Colossians. And so while we appreciate them, while we stand in awe of their activities and their power, in the end, they are creatures like we are. We do not worship them. What else do we know? Well, we know, and we've already alluded to this, that they carry out God's plans. Sometimes they bring messages to people, as Gabriel did to Mary. Sometimes they carry out judgment, as the angel of death did in, uh, in ancient Egypt when he went through the land, killed the firstborn of everyone. But the purpose that causes me to have a great sense of humility when I think about this is the purpose that is written in Hebrews chapter 1, where it says this. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? Think about that. Isn't that you? These are ministering spirits sent to you? Sent to me? We don't even know it when they're ministering to us, maybe. We don't know what they're doing. They're in the invisible realm, that with the spiritual realm that we can't see. Could God be any more gracious? Think about this for a moment. First of all, he took people like you and me, people who have looked down upon others, despised others, talked behind the backs of the lowly and of those of humble intellect, and we thought that others were less than we are. And yet he took people like us, and he had mercy upon us, and he sent his own son to take those sins away. And that's what Jesus did. He carried those sins up Calvary's mountain, and he died there on the cross, and he took those sins, and not just those, but every single sin that you have ever committed, every single sin that I have, a mountain of sins that I have committed. He's taken them all away. And he has said, I want you to live with me in heaven forever. I know what you've been, and I want you still. That's what he said. I want you to live with me in heaven forever. And then to make sure that we get there, he sent his Holy Spirit to us to create the faith by which we receive that gift of eternal life. And then if that still wasn't enough, he sends his angels to you and me to minister to us to serve us. I heard somebody say one time, I just want to mention this. Somebody said this, I have wondered how often this might be true. You go to bed at night and you've just, your mind is consumed with your problems. And the next morning you wake up and you feel refreshed sometimes. Has, is that directly a, a direct cause of, of God sending those ministering spirits to, to men? I don't know. Maybe it is. Or maybe it's the Holy Spirit directly working. I don't know, but but it makes you wonder, doesn't it? 
One more thing to think about. When we get to heaven, we're going to have a lot of people to thank. We're going to thank our parents, many of us, for, for taking us to the baptismal font, to sending us to Sunday school. We'll thank our Sunday school teachers and our pastors who ministered to us and friends who also ministered to us the word. You can add one more to that list. And that is the angel that has ministered to you. How thankful we will be that God sent them to us when we get there. May God grant that for you and me. Amen.